0: get into things today by saying, first of all, you know, I like the way stuff started out this morning. Um, you know, JJ, he mentioned there whenever we were worshiping, you know, Declare this over your year 2015, you know, and talking about chains being broken and really just reflecting on breakthrough in our lives. And then Pastor Mike obviously was feeling kind of stirred in the same way and spoke to that as he was giving the, the prayer, moving out of worship this morning as well. And then ultimately, uh, last week, if you were here, I talked about and felt very strongly that you know God was really saying that this year is a year that should be marked by increase for us and breakthrough and forward movement in our lives. And you know we, and I want to say this because I think this is important. It seems to me like at the beginning of every year, you hear that said and talked about. And I think that it's always a genuine movement and stirring of our spirit that God is really speaking to us, but I I say that because I really have to, I want to impress the fact that when those things do follow through and do carry out and happen in our lives, we do see these breakthroughs, we do see this forward progression in our life and increase and moving out of things that maybe have challenged us, that it's the commonality between the the people that move into that in their lives as as we move forward in these seasons are the people that are really seeking after God and going after Him and pursuing Him and what He has for them. That, you know, the idea of breakthrough and increase, this is all part of what God's plan for our lives are, but it's not something... And it can just sometimes happen spontaneously. God just sovereignly intervenes in people's lives. I mean, I've seen it. But what I'm trying to get through to us today is that what we have to take up is the responsibility for saying, just like I said last year, my challenge to us is let's declare... And let's commit and let's really mean it and follow through that, you know what, this year, there's a lot of things that I want to see happen. There's a lot of goals that we have for this year. But let's make it a point that this is going to be a year that we increase in our faith and we grow stronger in our faith and move forward in our relationship with God more than we ever have before that that is that is what we've got to take up the the initiative of that's what our objective is this year and as we do that as we press in i promise you the breakthroughs the increase all the stuff we're talking about that's the outflow that's the outworking of someone that's chasing after and pursuing god just relentlessly like that with all their heart their mind and their soul right this loving god with everything that they have and going after what he has for them and so i i i, I love this because The message that I'm going to start... In fact, we're starting a series today... Because God's just really been speaking this to me like this is a year where we have just, we are gonna get strong. We're gonna grow in our faith. We're gonna move forward more this year as a people than we ever have before. And we really should come, every year we should come to a point or every season and say that that's, the, that's what we're trying to do, you know. But what's great is where we all come together on this, is it doesn't matter if someone comes here and maybe they're just now starting to walk with God. Maybe they're brand new Christian, or maybe it's somebody that's walked with Christ all their their adult life or, or many many years that we all kind of can come together on this thing and say yeah you know what doesn't matter where we are this is a year where i'm going to grow stronger in my faith and move forward more so than i ever have before so are are you are you on board with that are you committed to that right I me look around It's a, this is just a small group of people here from what we have today like pastor mike said but this isn't what i see for the rest of this year this isn't what i look out here and i see six and eight and nine months from now and i think that we're going to have bunches of people just hungry for that you know wanting to just experience breakthrough in their lives and they're running up against dead ends and they're running up against brick walls and everything else that they've been trying over and over and over again just isn't getting it done And they're ready for something new. They're ready for a genuine answer, a genuine solution to how am I going to move forward in my life past these things and these seasons and these challenges that just seem to kind of keep weighing me down and holding me back from what I know in my heart is out ahead. Something more, something better, right? And so I I want to get us strong this year. I really feel God wants to get us strong, you know, in, in every single one of us. And when I look around and I see so many of the situations that uh, I deal with, or people that I I work with, that you know fall into bad things and difficult things that are going on, I just got to tell you that. Sometimes things just happen, you know, and and you you just can't figure it out and you just have to say, well, God knows, you know, if he's allowing things to happen and we're pursuing him he, he knows it's going to make us stronger. But there's a lot of times just flat out that you can look at things people go through and it's just there's a weakness in their faith. There there's there's a strength that is lacking there. There's just there's so they're going through things and you say, "Yeah, but you know that that doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to fall in that pit again. You don't have to, you don't have to keep letting that thing bear down on you that way, you know? And, and, and so there's this sense that they just don't fully understand or they don't have enough truth in them of what God has really said that they have as far as authority in their lives or the promises to really just press through and break through and beat those things. There's just, that seems to be a situation that you run into a lot. And so I'm going to entitle this series today or, or, that we're starting to probably last another two or three weeks, uh, Arm Yourselves. Arm Yourselves, okay? And that's what we're going to get into is how we're going to just pick up and, and arm ourselves with spiritual weaponry to get strong and ready and equipped for the things in life that are going to be coming our way, that are coming at us. And I think that the first thing that somebody has to, if they're here just for the first time, let's say, and listening to this kind of talk and preaching and theology, you know, the first thing you have to grasp is that there is a spiritual battle that's happening all the time that's outside of this physical realm that we are maybe more keenly aware of as we move about our lives. Right, That that battle, that war was waged whenever the Garden of Eden, whenever the fall of man, when Satan got man to sin and trip up. And from that point, there's been a war that's been waged on a spiritual level that Satan has been trying to keep man in sin and keep them to him. And God is working behind the scenes on the spiritual level, trying to restore and bring man back to himself. And of course we know that Christ was that redemptive work and that finishing work on the cross. But the Bible says that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And so we know that on this plane, until until the devil is in the lake of fire at the very end on that final close when we go to be with Christ in eternity this spiritual battle will be happening outside of the physical realm of what we of obviously what we are very uh, keenly aware of most of the time and on this and in this spiritual battle the enemy he has our destruction in his sights right it says the thief comes to steal to kill and destroy in fact if you have your bibles you can turn to john chapter 10 verse 10 it says the thief come does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy then jesus says but i have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly so in this spiritual battle satan has an agenda and god has an agenda right those are the two opposing forces in god's agenda is that he wants the greatest thing for you. He wants the best for you. I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. And he wants you to be his child and be in heaven with him when you leave this earth. But Satan, he wants to tear you apart. He wants to destroy you. He wants to dismantle you. He wants to keep your faith from growing. He wants to keep people from entering the kingdom of God. He has an entire agenda of his own. So this battle is happening, going on. God has our best in mind on his side, and the enemy has our destruction in mind. And that knowledge alone, to know, okay, there's a spiritual battle that's happening, that's affecting me, that spiritual things that are going on, that the enemy is trying to do, they, they are going to affect me in my life. That should cause us to want to pursue after what are the things that God has for me then. And what are the things that God says about this battle, about this war that I'm in. For my life so that I can come out of this thing and I can move forward in this thing and have my foot over the enemy and I can continue to move forward in obstacles and come out of those things victoriously time and time again. It doesn't make sense that we would just go into a battle completely unprepared. But yet that's what happens so much of the time in lives of people in the church. Right now if someone is Uh, an unbeliever, we know that that that's happening and that's the case but even in times where people aren't moving forward in their faith and growing strong and in their walk with God that they're, they're moving into the things that are coming at them from the enemy and ultimately in many cases they're unprepared in their faith, they're not raised up strong in their faith and what the truth of God says about all these things that pertain to our life and then the enemy is able to have his way with them and continue to beat down on them and dismantle their faith and keep them uh, from moving forward many times into the next things and the next seasons that God has for them. And it's just a reality. We, and people go into things completely unprepared. You know, I have this this reoccurring dream. It's just, it's kind of funny. A little pastor transparency here. But I have this dream where I, I, I'm, at, I'm at college, I'm at school, and I think it might be because I ended up leaving college early to go start a business, and so I didn't finish. I don't know if there's something going on subconsciously with that or not. but So I have this reoccurring dream where I get to class, and there's these exams, and it's like test day, and I have no preparation. I have no idea what we're talking about. I have no clue what the test is about. I don't have any of my homework, and I'm just like in a panic and in a frantic, right? And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, and it's too late. It's, there's no time left to prepare. I'm here. It's test time. I've got to sit down and take this test, and I don't know why, and then I wake up, and I'm like, oh, thank God, oh, I'm not in school anymore, you know, it's like a real relief, but when we hit times in our lives, when we hit moments, where all of a sudden now, this, this battle is waged, the enemy has thrown something at us, it's, it's, it's time now. And if we're unprepared for that, if we haven't really built up our faith as we've been moving along, it's possible that we're going to get hit with something that we're just not quite ready for. And let me tell you something, the physical man is not prepared or equipped to, to combat things of the spirit. You're just not. The spiritual man is what has to combat the things of the spiritual realm in that spiritual war, right? The physical man is not. You could say many things like, you know, I'm just going to throw some stuff out there. Like, let's say depression and anxiety, right? And things that really start to bear down on people or temptations of the flesh and things that come at us that pull at the weakness of man. You may see some progress and some small victories from time to time. But at the, at the end of the day, the physical man is not prepared to battle on that level. The spiritual man has got to be the man that, that takes the authority that moves forward in faith so that the, the power of God and that spiritual authority we have is what is flowing in our lives to, to combat those spiritual battles that we run into. And, so, and think of this. Think of a fighter that's going into a ring for a fight with a champion opponent. And the champion opponent is very, very skilled, and he is going to demolish an opponent that's not ready for him. But the fighter understands and knows that he has this trainer, that if he just listens to the trainer, just does everything that the trainer says and follows his instructions and carries out... To a T, what that trainer is, is telling him to do, that he's going to win that fight every single time, right? It, if that's the case, it would make no sense that the fighter would not show up for training or would just sporadically show up right he would he would prepare and he would be ready and he would be relentlessly getting himself uh, equipped to get into the ring and do battle and it's just it's kind of the picture i'm trying to paint is we're on this on the spiritual level all of us are engaged in a war we ju- we just are and the enemy right now he has plans to destroy us he has plans to come after you and things in your life coming up this year that You don't necessarily know are coming, but you need to be prepared for it spiritually. Your faith needs to be ready for those things that are coming. Because when you get to those, it's your faith and it's the authority and the truth of God that you'll have in you that will be able to push you through and break through those things when those moments and those times come. And if someone is unequipped spiritually and they get engaged in a spiritual battle, ultimately the enemy is going to have his way with them. He's going to pound on them and beat on them, and he's going to keep them down in their faith and from moving forward into the things that God truly does want and have and is calling them into to rise up to in the destiny in their lives. That will occur and will happen. And so... The the message title for today in this series that brings me to this point is what you don't know can hurt you. What you don't know can hurt you. Now, I'm sure everybody's heard the term ignorance is bliss, right? Ignorance is bliss. Now in some ways I guess this has some merit. You know, there are certain things that I mean you think about as a as a child, you know, your parents private life. (laughs) What you don't know, it's probably okay. It's probably better off not knowing certain things. I'm going to leave it at that. We haven't started the launch ministry yet, so we won't go into too much detail here. But on a spiritual level, it just isn't the case. It just isn't the case. What you don't know, it can hurt you. The authority that you have, if you don't know you have it, the ability to call upon the promises of God, if you don't know they're there, in moments in your life that you'll face crisis and trial, those things, they can hurt you. That can be a problem and that can be a stumbling block to the walk and the course and the journey that God has preordained for you. And so we have got to look at those things and say, okay, so then it's, it's up to me as a child of God, as a follower of Christ, to say that when I receive Christ as my Savior, this is the beginning. And now I'm on this faith walk. Now I'm on this journey to just continue to know more and more of the character of God, of the promises of God, and of the truth that he gives me according to his word. So I know how to be able to combat these things that are going to be coming at me in my life and are going to continue to be the case until I'm until I leave this world to go to be with God in heaven. And those that are, that are without Christ, that are not living with Christ in their heart, you know, they're, they're lost to the truth entirely because the spirit of Christ isn't living in them. And so the, the ability to impart the truth of God is not there resident inside of them. And that changes the moment that there's a regeneration by a, a new birth and by uh, you know salvation that we inherit. So once we receive Christ, that's the beginning point of now that He's in us in fullness of truth. And I know I've talked about this a couple of times in the last year, but I think this is one of those things that just always helps to come back to you every now and then. Is that when the Spirit of Christ is in us, He's in us in fullness. But at the same time, revelation, the word revelation means an uncovering or an unveiling. And the truth of God uh, that establishes our faith is something that comes to us in a revelatory way. It, it's it's mined out and it's uncovered and it's only done as we pursue Christ and the one revealer the Bible says that the spirit of truth bears witness with our spirit right and so he imparts that truth into us and then it becomes something of substance in our life the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and now that substance of faith is something by which which we can stand on, by which we can move from, by which we can push forward from when we reach times in our life where we need to draw upon that truth and our faith is going to help us break through those trials and those challenges that in that spiritual battle, the enemy is throwing at us. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 All right, you guys doing good so far? Okay, turn to your Bibles in Hebrews chapter 5. You know, this is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he talked about how uh, people can be babes in Christ. And how he's feeding, it's like he's feeding them milk. And in that situation, he's kind of, he's kind of calling out leaders in the church there. And he's saying, look, you know, you, you, you sh- I shouldn't need to still be feeding you milk. I should, you should be able to receive solid food. Right and so what what he's talking about there is he's saying that as we as we come to Christ for the first time it's it's like we're babes in Christ right we we don't have all of that fullness or that so much of that revelation and that truth and substance established in us yet that's something that continues to be a part of the walk that we engage upon but as we move forward in life that that should be an outcome that should be uh, the sign in a believer's life of what's happening if they're pursuing Christ is that they should be moving from this place of like infancy in Christ into a place of adulthood or spiritual maturity in Christ, that they should be growing forward. But let me tell you that there are times when people, they can come to Christ and they can remain in an infancy stage in their, in their faith and in their spiritual life, even though much time can pass by while they're living with Christ in their heart, and that's what Paul's saying He's like: there's no, this isn't, this isn't right. You shouldn't, I shouldn't still have to feed you milk. You should be ready for solid food now. You should be grown up strong in your faith. You should be ready for the things that are out there that are continuing to knock you all over the place at this point. And if you read in Hebrews chapter five, it addresses this also. Verse 12 through 14, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, who by reason of use their senses exercise to discern both good and evil." And so the this, this scripture is, is basically speaking of like a state of spiritual uh, immaturity. People that have known Christ have been have have come to receive Christ, and time has passed by, but their faith has not got stronger. And spiritual maturity is a sign of the faith being developed in a believer, where they're capable of overcoming things in their life that most unbelievers or babes in Christ would necessarily not have enough of the truth in them yet or the substance in them yet to really be able to have the faith to, to get through a breakthrough, right? And that's why there's leaders in the church to help those people through those things and to grow them up strong. But that doesn't always happen. People don't always move forward in that. They don't always get strong in their faith. And so they get into these places in life. They keep coming along. And... and Things continue to derail them and dismantle them, and they hit obstacles, and they fall off into these pits and in these holes, and the devil just, the enemy, he just has his way with them. And and, and it's a sad thing, but a lot of times, people, we can step in, and we can help them, and we can, you know grab hold of a brother or sister and walk with them through things. And, but ultimately, that person at some point has got to start pursuing God, start moving forward and seeking to strengthen their faith and, and allowing more of that truth to be re- imparted into them so that they are strong and ready for those things that are ahead of them. And eventually, they'll go on to help other people in that same process. right? That's why the Bible says in John chapter 8 that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free, because when that truth becomes a part of you, and your faith is grown as a a result of that, right, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, so whenever truth is imparted, the the outcome or byproduct of that is faith is increased, because there's more truth in us, therefore our faith is strengthened by that, and so Strong faith makes strong warriors for the battles in the spiritual realm that we are going to face. And the Bible says in John chapter 8 that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And that means that it basically liberates you and it says it'll shall set you free. It liberates you from being able to be dismantled by that thing now that's a lie that you maybe didn't see before as you move forward in that from then on out. The truth will set you free. It will liberate you from that thing that the enemy throws at you, ever being able to have authority or push you down again. It's kind of like one of the scriptures that I frequently come back to is in Timothy and it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a love and a sound mind. And let me tell you, at any moment where an emotion of fear starts to drip in on me and creep in on me, and I feel it, okay, I'll start to feel it, there's truth about that in me. No, that's not of God. Doesn't It can't stay. That's. I don't know what's going on here. I'll figure that part out. But that fear Doesn't belong here. And I am not going to let that thing creep in and get a part of what's going on here. And just because of that truth and that authority, God's given me a power, spirit of power and love and a sound mind. That fear is gone. It is gone. Fear will come at me, but it will not have its way with me. Because that truth is resident in me and it is operative in my life. My faith has been strengthened and established by that. Does that make sense? So the truth unlocks or uncovers things in us that we have according to what God has given us. Therefore, what that ultimately means is before the truth is revealed or imparted, hang with me here, we're going to keep going, this is going to be a fun few weeks, I promise, this is, I think that this is going to be some good stuff. So, as the truth is imparted and it unlocks or unveils things, what that ultimately means is before we receive revelation about things, that... Basically, in a way, we're blinded to the thing before that. We're blinded. We don't see clearly, spiritually speaking, about those matters at hand. And if we're blinded about something, ultimately, we will fall if we're walking blindly. Turn to your Bibles in Matthew chapter 15. Verse 14 says, and there's two scriptures here, I'm going to read uh, in Matthew 15 and in Luke 6, both of these kind of say the same thing, uh, but they're different scenarios that Jesus is, is addressing here. And he's saying, let them alone, they are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Now this one, he's kind of rebuking the Pharisees because they're getting on Jesus and the disciples because they're not washing their hands before they eat. So he's addressing that issue. But this little verse, 14, is kind of packed in there. And, it, and there's a lot to really bring out of this when he's talking about the blind fall into a ditch. Luke six thirty nine says, Jesus spoke a parable to them. And this is where he's talking about not judging others. But he packs this in there like in the middle of the, of the bigger message that he's making. He says, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? So if we're blinded to something that's happening, meaning we don't have the truth revealed to us about that thing that we're going through or we're facing or that we're dealing with, then ultimately if we walk blindly, and and just like many other times when Jesus used parables, there's a physical application that he's using in the story, but really it has spiritual implications. He's talking about being spiritually blinded, right? And so if we're walking blindly into a thing, meaning the truth is not in us to deal with that thing, then ultimately the outcome is what? They fall into a ditch or they fall into a pit, which basically, if you dig into that, means to fall into a time of crisis, A time of difficulty or despair. And so we can't walk blindly into things in our life, can we? We can't go blindly into spiritual battles. We need spiritual equipment. We need the truth revealed in us so that we can stand on those things and deal with those things as they come. And when we talk about being blind, you got to get this. There's there's full blind, all the way blind, which would be someone that is lost, that doesn't even have Christ. But when you study how the Bible uses those words, there's also an element there that's kind of like partially blind, where it's more that you you have Christ, but you're blind to certain truths. And because you don't know the authority you have about things, the enemy's plans are working against you in that. And if you had the truth in you and you had the faith to stand on for that thing, it wouldn't be happening, much like the example I gave with fear. If somebody doesn't know that about fear, fear could have its way with a believer of Christ if they're not standing on their authority that they have there, right? So ultimately, blindness can lead to a fall into a time of crisis. Jesus also, uh, in Matthew chapter 23, let's not put that up there, Jake. I'm going to kind of move faster now, but... As if I'm not moving fast enough for you, I guess. (laughs) In Matthew chapter 23, when Jesus is talking about uh, blind, he also uses the word fool. He calls them fools and blind, right? And I mean, that's a kind of rough term, you know, and it's demoralizing a little bit. But when you look at what fools, he's using that together, fools and blind. And blind mean not seeing, not having the truth. And fool simply means that someone that is not following the leading of God. Someone that is ultimately just walking a course that is contradictory to what God says about a thing or what God's leading or His promise or His truth about a thing is. And and that can be uh, someone who is, again, an unbeliever or someone who is even a believer that's walking a path that's completely not the path that God has for them. Just think about it. I mean, I've seen enough of this now, enough people, I know they love God, and I know they're going to heaven because I know Christ is in their heart, but I'm telling you right now, they keep falling into things because they're blind to the truth. They don't understand the authority, and their faith is not operative in these things, and it just keeps having its way with them over and over and over again, and when we look at the word, the f- fool's there, it it basically means to be dull or sluggish or be used of the mind powerful think about it dull or sluggish or used of the mind think of a think of fool not necessarily the terms as we normally equate it to but think of as someone who is walking not in truth or in the authority and the promises that they have but they're walking in a way that is blind. And therefore, it's like the enemy is being able to manipulate their mind and and their mind is being used and, and changed and manipulated for the things that the enemy wants to do to them. He's able to distort things and he's able to deceive people. Deception is a part of lack of truth being in the person. And the deception can begin to build a fortress for all kinds of other things to start setting up against people. And the enemy brings an all-out assault against them, right? And so Ephesians chapter 5, this is a scripture that really came alive for me in this last year pertaining to specifically these kind of things that we're talking about. In verse 15 through 17, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. And breaking this scripture down here just for a moment, see that you walk. And walk means to just conduct your life, to move forward because time is, is progressing. And so we're moving forward in, with time in one direction or another, regardless of whether we like it or not. That's We're moving, right? But he's saying walk circumspectly, which means down to the last detail and to be aimed in a specific direction, right? You're not just walking. Time isn't just passing and we're walking with no aimed direction in mind. We're, we're down to the detail. And he says, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And there you have that word fool again, which is basically blind to God's truth or unwise. But, but, but walk as wise, which is learned from the master which means as wise, meaning we're walking according to the truth that we've learned, that's been imparted into us as we move along. And then here's where this thing gets really cool, or big, for me at least, is redeeming the time because the days are evil, which basically means to exchange the time that we have. So the time's moving, and the days themselves, because we live in a fallen world are inherently evil but our objective is to be pursuing forward in Christ and pursuing truth and and knowledge from him at all times so that when we're moving we're actually exchanging the time for something of purpose and for something of value time that could ultimately have an a negative effect on us if we're not if we're just going along sluggish or not necessarily in an intentional manner. I don't know if I lost some of you on that one but I'll try to come back to that and then go through that again later but so walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time and uh, and again, you know let me just wrap up by saying this that we, Know that we need to equip ourselves and we need to grow strong in our faith. We need to continue to receive revelation and impartation of truth in order to strengthen us for the things that are ahead. And to not know that is no exception to this idea that I'm presenting that what you don't know can hurt you. If you don't know you have to do that and you just move along, love God, hope everything ends up okay, I mean... Look, you're going to have tough times when tough things happen. When the enemy starts launching attacks, it's going to get real tough if you're not standing on some solid truth. And your faith isn't operative in those moments to carry you through and break you through those things. So knowing that we have to pursue that, it it, it kind of brings, okay, we've got a direction here. We've got an objective. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I'm moving forward, growing strong in my faith and pursuing God. And that is something that I have always got to be busy about the business of doing, right? And that's why when the Bible says pray without ceasing, it's, it's, the idea is that we're always bent in a posture where we're leaning in towards the things of God. Prayer, just understanding God is always at work, that God is always uh, has a plan, that we're walking with God and, and not away from Him. Just the idea that we're always moving in that direction and we're exchanging the time that's passing by for the things that God would have for us and to be able to press in and uncover more and more of His truth, His promises, and His authority that we have. Listen to this statistic. There's a survey that was done In the church, actually, and, you know, we hear about, like, you hear, oh, in the church, uh, like, 50% of the people in church are divorced and stuff. It's true. Like, statistics aren't a lot different nowadays. They were years ago, but nowadays, in the church, with a lot of the kinds of moral and, and types of issues that people face, as they are outside of the church, they're not all that different, unfortunately. But listen to this. It doesn't surprise me so much when you see this. Americans who called them Christians, 77%. So 77% of the people in the United States confess to a belief in Christianity. But only 18% say that they're actually totally committed to their faith. And only 8% say they really believe core Christian doctrine. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? So... My heart's for the unbeliever and the believer alike in this thing. <laughs> it really is. You feel that? Because the, the unbeliever, look, they have no ch- they stand no chance. They've got to get Christ. They've got to get Jesus, you know, before things can start moving forward. They start receiving truth. But for the believer, if, if 8% say they really believe key core doctrine... Whatever that other 92% is, they're going to have some tough battles. When things get tough and the enemy starts launching attacks, things are going to be tough for them. It's just the way it is. There's not, there's the truth, their faith. It's not built up. It's not strong and ready and equipped and prepared for that. And my goal really today in this first message, introducing this, was to hopefully just establish some conviction and some passion and just, you know, to understand that what we don't know, it can hurt us, right? What we don't understand with the truth and promises and things that we don't, have not yet uncovered, that there could be consequences of that when we hit those trials and those battles that that truth was was designed to give us preparation for. And, and as we move forward in the weeks to come, I'm going to talk more about just the spiritual weaponry that we put on, that we build ourselves up with as we move forward in our faith and we get stronger for the things that are ahead. The Bible says that the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are spiritual, right? You can do like... A lot of people, uh, you know, I, I own guns. I mean, I, I actually, I really love guns, okay? And I like to have guns, and part of the reason I have them is for protection. And, you know, once I have, I feel safe in my home, whatever, and all that. And so I prepare, but I'm just telling you, like, on a spiritual level, there's nothing physical that will help you. Nothing physical works in a spiritual battle. And there's spiritual equipment in this, in this word of God that he's giving us, that he's calling us to put on to equip ourselves with, to to gird ourselves up with in this battle that's waged from years and years ago that will continue until the end time. And he's called us to put that equipment on so that we're we're suited with armor and weaponry and we're ready for the things that the enemy is ultimately going to bring at us. And as we move forward, we're going to get more into that and talk a lot more about that. But just keep in mind that People, if we're not strong, we're not built up, if we're just kind of like those babes in Christ, as Paul said it, that, you know, a weak and unstable man is tossed to and fro like a wave in the sea by the wind. It's just, he's pushed around by life, by the things of the enemy that he's throwing at him, and, and off course this way and that way, and never really moving in a direction towards that upward call of what Christ has for him. It's just hard to get your footing to do that, right?